Hello and welcome to So You Want to Be an Engineer. I'm Katie Douglas, Director of Engineering at St Paul's School and on behalf of the Engineering Society, I am delighted to welcome Harvey Leach to the show. Harvey is an independent consultant and trainer for the Institution of Mechanical Engineers and thank you so much for agreeing to talk to us today, Harvey. Katie, it's an absolute pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. So our interviewer today is Sully. Sully is in year 10 and he is one of our lead CAD modellers for Team Firefly, the school's green power motorsports team. I know he's prepared lots of interesting questions for Harvey. So over to you, Sully. So to start off, what do you do for the Institution of Mechanical Engineers? And can you tell us about some of your interesting roles in the past? So firstly, for the Institution of Mechanical Engineers, I mostly run training courses in the area of product design and development, um, but with a strong emphasis on encouraging engineers to work with all of the other disciplines involved in creating and making products. So that could be public training courses, it could be going in and working with a company uh, and this custom designing a training program that will help them work on particular problems they've got within their organisation. So some of it can be consulting work as well. In terms of the sort of jobs I've had, wow. So I've been doing training and consulting for the last 15 years. Prior to that, I worked all of my career in the car industry. Uh, so for what was formerly Rover Group became BMW Group in the UK uh, and got a closely aligned with what's now the mini business in Oxford. And I started life in, in research and product development, but later in my career moved into manufacturing and supply chain related roles. So I got a very broad experience of industry through that job and really enjoyed solving problems and decided that I wanted to come out and help and work with a wider range of organisations about 15 years ago when I stepped into consulting. So what qualifications did you start with to land yourself all these amazing jobs? So if I, if I go back to A-levels, at GCSE, uh, I'd loved a whole range of subjects, both science and, and art subjects. But I'd already got a bit of an inkling that engineering might be the sort of thing I wanted to get into through some careers talks at school and so. And I had the opportunity at sixth form to do an A-level in engineering science. I don't know if that's still available today, but that was an alternative to physics with a much more practical bent. And I did maths, but I didn't want to do double maths. I didn't really want to do chemistry. So I did French as my third A-level. So, you know, I think broad range of skills. And I took that into doing an engineering science degree at Durham University, which covered a lot of technical topics, but also had a management studies element. So I got really interested in the management side of business as well as the technical side, uh, which I then took into doing a, a Master of Engineering degree, which was an extra year at Durham same mix of subjects and an opportunity to do a couple of projects in industry as well. Do you think not going for completely engineering subjects has helped you in the long run in terms of enjoyment? Really interesting question. I think for me, certainly it was the right answer because I didn't want to go have that strong technical sciencey balance. I think some people at university would have said that meant on this sort of technical side of engineering, I was a bit limited because chemistry is great for understanding materials. Maths is great for some disciplines of engineering, particularly things like aerodynamics and fluid flow, where there's a lot of very complicated mathematics. So certainly there are, there are avenues in engineering for people who've got that very strong science and maths bias. But for me, that, that generalist thing 
I think, led me in a particular direction, which was about looking beyond the technical side of engineering into its broader context within business and industry. So for me, it worked fine. But I can equally say for other people, a strong technical bias would work equally well, but maybe just take them in a slightly different direction. Can you tell us a bit more about your day-to-day work at the moment? Sure. So day-to-day is really interesting because I thought, what's a typical week? And I don't have one, honestly. It can be a real mix of work. Uh, And and definitely it's better to talk about pre-lockdown because in the current environment, I'm basically stuck working from home every day because a lot of my regular client work is delivering workshops, training events, which clearly can't happen in the current social distancing environment. Uh, So my today work is about how do I convert a lot of the stuff I would previously have done face to face into stuff we can deliver online through um, sort of social media channels, interactive training and and so on. But prior to that, some weeks I could go, I'm running training workshops on a client site around the country. So I might spend two or three days in some other part of the country running a training course for a client. Or other weeks, I might be down at the Institution of Mechanical Engineers headquarters in London, working with a whole bunch of engineers, some of whom might be recent graduates, some of whom might have been in, in industry a long time, helping them to grow their knowledge and skills and find better ways of working. Um, other weeks, I might be home-based like I am at the moment, preparing materials, working on solving client problems if I'm doing consultancy work and so on. Do you see a long-term future for how you're delivering your content now digitally when we go back to uh, some sort of normal? Honestly, silly, that's something that's been occupying my mind for the whole of lockdown as to what's, how's that going to come out. And the only thing I'm absolutely sure about is that it's not going to be the same as it was before lockdown. Because I think the fact that people have had to get used to working in this digital environment has removed a lot of the barriers, a lot of the reasons why people were resisting going online for stuff like this. And I think because it looks like even if um, even if lockdown is eased, we're still going to have to do social distancing for quite a while. Um, and therefore, training workshops are probably going to be some of the later things that come on. So I think we'll see a, a permanent shift because organisations will have seen the benefits of working digitally in ways they haven't done before. And uh, that leads nicely on to the next question. In your current job, you work with companies to optimise supply chains. So with the coronavirus pandemic, what changes have you had to make to how you work? Right. So so I, I think there's two bits, really. I mean, to how I work at the moment, it's 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 been in a bit of pause because I think most organisations at the moment initially were reacting to what happened for coronavirus. I mean, if we just think supply chain, look in the first few weeks of lockdown, what happened? Supermarket shelves emptied. Does that mean people suddenly needed more stuff? No, they were just a bit more risk averse. So they were buying stuff. And that's that sort of thing sends ripples right through the supply chain process from people delivering, from people making product, from people ordering raw materials, which goes all around the world. And that sent lots of ripples and there was lots of adjustment reactive. And honestly, that's not my core skill set. So I wasn't that, you know, what happened was I just stopped working. Second bit is we adjust. We start thinking about how we recover. 
and organisations are now just starting thinking about getting back to work. The third bit is what does business look like when we come out of lockdown? And that's the bit where companies are starting to think about how will our business change? So most of the conversations I'm having is about how do we prepare companies for working and operating in new ways? And if we think back to our original topic, our theme of engineering, the big thing is a lot of the ways supply chains work are a consequence of or are hugely affected by the decisions the engineers make right at the beginning of designing product, of designing the equipment that's going to make product that determines how flexible and responsive that whole supply chain thing can be. So I think that's where most of my, my current focus is and some of the, the real power and influence that engineers can bring to bear on the whole design and operation of supply chain. So that if we have another major event, such as we've had, companies will be able to respond more quickly and better to the change in circumstance. So what recommendations would you have for a pupil at school who is interested in engineering? Like what sort of, this links slightly backwards, um, what subjects do you believe are especially important? So you probably won't be surprised for me to say the first thing I'd say with is find something you're going to love doing. So go with your heart. And I'd say that to my kids. I'd say that to anyone I talk to about careers. And, you know, for me, that's not about go for money or do what mum and dad want. Sorry, parents. Or do what your teachers say is find something you're going to love doing. And to me, that's really important. The second thing to balance that with, though, is if you're going to earn money from it and, and have a decent life, it needs to be something you have a chance of being good at. So understand what your strengths, your abilities are. And either you've got to be good at it or able to learn to be good. So, so hold those two things in balance. And wherever you come out of that, if you're still thinking about a career in engineering, as I was sort of alluding to when I talked about my A-level choices earlier, is there are roots in engineering or engineering-related subjects for that. You know, I'd say maths is always important. So if you're really interested in engineering, stick with maths. Something like physics or, or something like that is probably really useful, probably the most useful science. You know, chemistry, maybe biology, maybe if you want to go into that sort of branch of engineering could be useful. But equally, you could look at more creative subjects. You know, I happen to choose languages. My daughter, interestingly, she loved design technology at school, did product design for A-level but was very much more on the artistic creative side than the technical side. So she did a BA in, in product design for her degree and actually is now has a career as a graphic designer. But similarly, I get a lot of young uh, people come on my courses at the IMECE who've done a product design degree rather than an engineering degree, working in engineering businesses and bringing a very different dimension to it. So I think you can get into an engineering type career with whatever set of skills and interests and passion that you bring to it. And networking is very important, uh, just as a general life skill. So what would your advice be for students in this regard to sort of start making connections? That's really interesting. I mean, I, th I think for me, 
it's about relationships always. And I think it's like everything else. You've got to pick a pattern that works for you. I'm not, I was never a natural networker. If I'm honest, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit of an introvert as a lot of, I find a lot of engineering designers are quite introverted. Um, and so networking doesn't come naturally. But I think, as you say, it's really important. So I think you've got to find a way of doing it that works for you. So it's about who can you maintain connections with? What common interests do you have that you can talk about? You know, because things like your your car project that you're involved in is a great way of building relationships with all sorts of other groups of people and just work on those common interests and keep in touch, you know, because particularly with social media these days, that's a lot easier to do than it was when I was your age. You know, so so there's lots of channels available to you. So always keep doing it, but don't get too hung up about doing it a particular way. And what would you consider to be the most important lessons you've learned over your career? Wow, big question. I think for me, biggest lesson is learning how to work well with groups of people who think about things from a different point of view to you. That sounds like a really weird thing for an engineer to say, because in the end, I think getting good product out there and doing good work as engineers is about working well with others in organizations. So for me, it's about being curious. So why is, why is that person thinking about something in a different way? Why are they saying something that to me is crazy? And let's be curious about what that is, because maybe they've seen something I haven't. Be curious about trying to solve problems. Engineering at its core is about solving problems and challenges. So learn how to problem solve. And then at the end, whatever the technical bit, it's all about people. So it's about building good relationships as well. It's interesting that you think that engineering is not wholly technical. Can you just elaborate a bit more on like what you would consider to be more of a creative side to it? Gosh, creative at two levels. Creative about a physical product of any sort is not just about its function. So, you know, having done an engineering course, a lot of what I, I worked on was function. But what you learn going into industry, I mean, take cars as an interest. What cars look like, what they feel like, what impression you get, what feelings you get when, you're, when you see a car, when you drive it, is as much about the emotional side, the aesthetic side, the creative, the visual, as it is about the technical function. You know, and I think to me, the difference between pure science and engineering is that engineering as a discipline seeks to really combine those two things, the sort of aesthetic, the consumer focus, the customer focus, and the technical function, and says, how can we find a good solution that works and is attractive to people. Does that kind of get at where your question was coming from? Yeah, definitely. Thank you. Well, Silly, I think that was a really interesting selection of questions. And thank you so much. And it's really interesting how important creativity is within engineering. So thank you so much for bringing that to the interview, Harvey. It was very interesting. Thank you. Well, be, having, having a daughter who's a creative graphic designer type person, I can't escape it these days. <laughs> very true. That's great. Thank you so much, both of you. Thank you. Absolute pleasure. Thank you. So You Want to Be an Engineer is produced by Katie Douglas. 
edited by Arthur Jenkins, and is a production of the St Paul's School Engineering Society. If you would like to get involved with the podcast or with Engineering Society, then please contact us. Details in the description. Thank you.